Father, I bless your name. I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the people of God who are in this place. Speak to me and speak through me and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if we went home right now, we can certainly claim we've had church. I want to take just a few minutes to look at something I'm going to be looking at for the next few weeks. It goes with the sermon series I've been doing called Recognizing the Shift. This morning, this morning I want to, I want to go that same place, but I want to talk from this theme, before the manifestation. That, that's it. Uh, before the manifestation. 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. I want to just start down. Uh, let me start at verse 11. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. I, I want to talk before the manifestation. Somebody under the sound of my voice, you're living in that in-between time. Between the time you understood the promise of God over your life and the manifestation of that promise for your life. You're living in the in-between time. The time that you heard and understood you were supposed to be blessed and the time that you actually received the blessing. You're living in the in-between time. The time that you heard that your marriage is supposed to be healed and the time that it's actually healed. You're living in that in-between time, the time from the doctor's diagnosis and God's pronouncement of your healing and deliverance, and you're actually feeling better. You're in that in-between time. You're in that time between the time you were accepted and the time you actually received it. You're in that in between time and, and, and it feels like you're in a holding period. Matter of fact, there's a, a frustration level that accompanies this time. You, you're frustrated because you're almost, but not yet. You're frustrated because you can see the finish line, but you can't get there. You're frustrated because you see daylight, but it's still a cave where you're at. 
You're frustrated because you know who you are, but it doesn't seem like anybody else does. It is that in-between time before the manifestation I want to talk about. And, and I know some of you are going to sit here and say, Reverend, how do you get that out of this anointing of David? And I'm glad you asked. Because in truth, the Bible suggests that when Samuel is told to go down to Jesse's house and he arrives at that place, he looks over seven other boys before he even asks, is there anybody else? He looks at everyone else before he even gets to the ruddy one named David. He actually thinks the first one who's tall, good looking and ready is the right one. And God has to say, I don't look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. He looks at everybody else before he even sees him. And in the midst of that moment when everybody has come in to feast. Now remember now, Samuel shows up unannounced, but when he arrives, he lets him know his mission. I've come to offer worship with you and sacrifice. So prepare and consecrate yourself for the worship and sacrifice. And everybody else got invited to the worship but David. Everybody else got invited. Everybody went and got cleansed. Everybody got a clean robe on. Everybody washed their hands and their face. David was still in the field. How does it feel when you're the last one to get called? When you're the last pick on the team when you're the last one that anybody wants, everybody was there but him. And when he comes in, he doesn't get time to do anything. He comes straight in, smelling what Mrs. Washington used to call outdoorsy. Babe would call you outdoorsy. He's smelling outdoorsy. He's got the woods on him. He's got the field on him. He's got the smell of sheep on him. But there's something about having the smell of sheep on you that God likes. Here he is. He comes in. And when he comes in, he comes in from the field. Now, the Bible says clearly, written out for our understanding, that in front of everybody, Deacon, that's Betty Joe, it's okay. We're being culturally appropriate right now. Everybody. In front of everybody. The oil that wouldn't pour out for the first seven now drops on his head. 
And the Bible says, in that moment, the Spirit of God rested upon David. When the oil dropped, the presence of God rested upon David. Now, now I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. Because they have their worship. I'm getting excited. The Spirit of God is on him. But guess what? The next day, he's out back tending sheep. Y'all missed that. Let me help you again. Samuel did not anoint him to be over the farm. Thou anointest now to be chief keeper of the pasture. No, he anointed him to be king over God's people. But after the anointing, after the Spirit of God came upon him, after everybody saw what God did, after everybody celebrated in the moment, after everybody looked at him, after he was seen in front of his peers, after everybody had to know who he was, he still had to go back out to tend the sheep. So, so you want to know, you want to know before the manifestation, you, I know the question is, what, what am I supposed to do before the manifestation? What am I supposed to do, Bishop? How am I supposed to do? The first thing you got to do is remain faithful. Remain faithful. You, you didn't get that. You didn't get that because, see, some of you do anything when you know who you are, all of a sudden, you start acting all uppity. You, 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 everybody need to know who I am. You, you get an attitude. You become a big shot. You become a big baller, shot caller. You, you all that. But the next day, he went back out to shit, tend the sheep. Y'all, y'all stay with me for a moment. He didn't just do it that day. But the Bible says in chapter 17, when you read over the next chapter, the chapter 17, verse 15 says, but David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. After he was attached to the king, after he was working in the palace, he still went back to take care of the sheep. I'm preaching up in here already. I, the one thing folk have to understand, I don't care what you think God's anointed you to do, and I don't care if you're right. If you do not remain faithful, you have already ruined your blessing because your destiny is attached to your faithfulness. Touch somebody right now. Tell them you better get it down. Your destiny is attached to your faithfulness. He remained faithful. There's something to be said about being anointed and still being willing to take care of sheep. 
is something to be said about knowing you're going to be king and still being able to do the little things. You, you, you want to know why folk loved Princess Diana so much before she died? Because they knew she was a princess, but she sure didn't mind hugging little babies with AIDS. Going to see this poor, being around those who had less. They, they knew what her title was, but her title did not get in the way of her trying to do something good for somebody else. And what you've got to realize is that no matter who you are and what the title is in front of your name, don't get stuck on your title. You need to get stuck on your faithfulness. Here it is. You remain faithful, but, but not only do you need to remain faithful, I, I promise I won't be long, but, but the second thing is you need to remain fruitful. Remain fruitful. Reverend, Reverend what do you mean? Well, I, I mean, even while he has been anointed king, after his anointing, the Bible says that at that same hour, when the anointing rested upon him, it was the anointing that had left Saul. So the anointing and glory dropped on him, but it left Saul. And the Bible says that Saul suffered from a moodiness, and he got so upset in his spirit that his spirit was deeply grieved and they asked they said is there anybody that can play because we believe that if there's someone will play music in his presence it will lift his spirit they said there is a man over in Bethlehem he is not only anointed and the Spirit of God is with him, but he has the skill to play greatly. Watch this now. Folk knew who he was, even though they didn't know the whole story about what God was getting ready to do. Look at somebody now. Say, neighbor, don't fool yourself. Somebody's watching you. They may not tell you they're watching you. They may not tell you what they think about you. They may not tell you they think you're going to be a minister one day or they think the anointing's on your life, but they're watching. And if anybody ever asks and your skill set is needed, they begin to mention your name because they've had you under observation. Don't fool yourself. Somebody's got you under observation right now because your gifts will make room for you. Tap somebody now, say, neighbor, your gift will make room for you. Scoot over some, my gift is powerful. My gift is powerful. You, you might want to scoot over some. I, I might need a little room here. Scoot over some because I, I feel an anointing on my life. I might need to put out an SOS. Look at somebody and say, slide over some.
I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm going. I'm almost there. When he went to Saul, the Bible says he played. And the spirit that was on him left him. He played. The spirit that was on him left him. And he was able to feel better. Now watch this. His gift was so great that Saul sent word to his father, said, can David stay here with me? For he's found favor in my sight. I want to tell y'all this. Listen, listen, this is important. Y'all get this. Some of y'all, if you were given another lateral move from being sheep herder to musician, you'd be like, look, I didn't sign up to be nobody's musician. Didn't you hear the brother? I'm the next king. You ought to act like you know. There it is. You better recognize. Y'all don't know who I am. Can, can I help somebody here? Look at somebody next to you. Say, neighbor, God demands that you be humble. Some of my Kendrick Lamar fans will know what I mean when I say this. Sometimes you got to be humble and sit down. <laughs> the kids, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. My time is almost up, so let me finish up. Here he is. He remains fruitful. But finally, and I, go, I close with this. This is the last point. <clears throat> and this is in the meantime, between time, before the manifestation. You have to remain fearless. I told you I'm going home on this. Look at somebody tell neighbor, I ain't scared. See, sometimes you get to the place where the enemy would like to make you fearful that God's not going to do it. It's never going to work out. Now is forever. Give up on your dream. The promise didn't mean anything. The prophecy was a lie. There's no blessing with your name on it. You ought to throw the towel in. I don't know who you think you are believing that you're going to be somebody because you wasn't nothing when you were born. You wasn't nothing with the other day and you ain't nothing right now. You wasn't never nothing, won't be nothing. You don't look like nothing. You don't act like nothing and you ain't got nothing. So nothing from nothing leaves nothing and that means you. But what you've got to tell that devil is you ain't got no power over me. Because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. And I'm not afraid of any battle that's upcoming. I'm yet fearless. I believe God.
Father wants me to win the battle. Look at somebody say, neighbor, I'm not afraid. I'm in it to win it. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I trust God. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him.